Oops, I found that bottle of gin underneath the sink again. So tomorrow's a new day. Let's order pizza. Hello, I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And welcome to Hella in, in Your Thirties. Okay, guys, you know. Once you get into your 30s and beyond, you know, you start developing a deep appreciation and desire, a compulsion for craft beer. It becomes a full-fledged mania that is frankly <laughs> inappropriate and ridiculous. So we were figuring, we recently went to the Brew Yard, which is one of the most fun breweries in los angeles indeed um and we met the brewmasters we hung out with sherwin and kirk two of the coolest dudes in the game yeah uh, california <laughs> they're, uh they're awesome entrepreneurs uh and they run one of the coolest breweries in southern california so we went went and we hung out with them and they have an incredible event coming up uh this saturday september 23rd from 1 p.m to 11 p.m i know is the brew yard outdoor stein festival it's going to be completely uh ridiculous if you bring your own stein uh they'll just fill it up for eight dollars all day long so if you bring something gigantic that's bigger than a standard stein they will fill that up for you and just charge you double. So. Uh, they just say no Slurpee cups, no flower vases, and no buckets. Right. So you can't bring your bucket, Muriel. Oh no! Here we go, j- beer lovers. This is uh, this is this is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in Brewyard uh, Brewery in beautiful Glendale, California. Uh, we're sitting here with the Brewmasters. Now, I'm also sitting with Muriel. There are four of us at this table. We have two microphones. Welcome to Hell in Your 30s. Welcome to Hell in Your 30s. So it's going to be uh, a completely wild interview. We're just going to be passing. It's going to be like Puff Puff Pass with the microphones. Um, <laughs> we're sitting here with uh, Kirk and Sherwin. You guys want to uh, introduce yourselves real quick? Give a little- What's up, guys? I'm um, Sherwin, um, owner, Brewmaster. What's up? I'm Kirk. I'm the other owner and... I guess it's bitch. Guess. <laughs> to be to be honest. Here we go. We have one guy over here. What's up, man? What's your name? My name is Marley. Oh, Marley, that's right. Uh, Brewyard, uh, a family, a family affair here. Yeah. Just picture a mini me version of Sherwin. <laughs> <laughs> so he's my son. <laughs> so that's actually one of the reasons why we really wanted to do an episode here is because I did a comedy show uh, at this incredible. Uh, brewery that is not the greatest comedy venue in the history of the world (laughs) but it was an awesome show it's one of those things if you can make it here you can make it anywhere but it's pretty tough to make it here and i'm not gonna (laughs) lie i hit it out of the park so that's why uh that's yes yes you did so um (laughs) and it was on a friday night and it was 
easily by far the most fun uh, that we've ever had hanging out at a brewery. Like we've been, you know, Mira and I love craft beers. I've been drinking craft beers for <laughs> forever now. Um, <laughs> but uh, And then we hang out at breweries from time to time and it's fun and cool and it's nice to go to breweries because generally the beer is a little cheaper and you can be, you know, it's kind of fun. But uh, it's never been really fun. But that night here was uh, the best. And I think you guys obviously set the tone. Your family is wonderful. And everyone here was just in a great mood. It was nothing but families. Guys have the games. So like just right off the bat, like how do you guys cultivate such a fun space? Um... I think it was really just just organic and how it, it yeah. grew you know it's just how we are you know we're just you know just trying to do our thing you know obviously good beer and um, family friendly pet friendly and you know we just have a good time here I think one thing that we started to realize and one thing we actually started to embrace was you know since since the overall craft beer demographic tends to be a little bit on the older side it's not your first time drinkers it's usually the 30s to 50s crowd and everything in between um we all realize i realized and sherwin realized shit we're all going through our midlife crisis so let's just (laughs) embrace everything we want to do here that we've always wanted to do back in our childhood and that's what we did we have 90s hip-hop karaoke we have a gamers night that uses like n64 and we have mario kart tournaments and and quite honestly i think everyone has embraced that with us and I think because we're all on the same page here, that's why we, it's a nice vibe. <laughs> no one's judging each other. That's exactly what it felt like coming in. That was like, we were like, oh, this is our people. We're here. <laughs> this is great. This is, this is, yeah. We're home. Uh, so why beer? When did that start for you? Why, why get into like, into brewing beer? Like, was I mean, just passion? stem from a lot of drinking. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, I think it was, it would have to be probably, I was speaking of uh, Chimay earlier, where that kind of kind of opened my eyes to different beer, like, wow, this is actually beer, and, you know, they're higher alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, and it didn't taste like it, you know, that's when I started researching, you know, beers from, you know, other countries, and obviously back then, there wasn't that much available, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the stores, so that's when I turned into home brewing. And, you know, I started brewing different beers and, um, you know, I I joined a, a homebrew club and that's where I met other brewers. And, um, you know, that's when we started talking about recipes and fine tuning, you know, our, our different styles of beers at home. And um, from there, it kind of just stemmed um, to, you know, to entering contests and competitions. I started, um, you know, kind of winning ribbons and stuff. And Kirk would always come over and... <laughs> would always come over he would help me brew and um and you know also we were into uh, classic cars and you know Kirk and I we we did a lot of projects together you know we rebuilt um a 67 Carmen Ghia um a 64 and a half uh, Mustang yeah so we were always kind of working together and kind of building things and you know this kind of just came naturally to us in terms of you know starting a brewery um you know it stemmed from home brewing and then it was one drunken night where, <laughs> like, that's how many of yeah, this right? has been hatched. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, hey, I'm drunk. Let's do this for real, though. Uh, did you guys have any really I, terrible home brewing disasters that happened? <laughs> um, yeah, no, of course. You know, and my friends and family, they were, they were my guinea pigs. Yeah. You know, and back then, you know, they weren't drinking, you know, IPAs or, you know, things that were that hoppy. And they're yeah. like, 
what I think this is good. You know, <laughs> let me put a lime on it. <laughs> yeah, instead of saying this is good, they're like, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my parents feel about comedy, you guys. <laughs> They're Good like, for you. Wow, other people are laughing at what you're doing right now. This is great. You did it. You did it. Uh, did you start right away with doing Belgians or did you start with like loggers? Like I know that the sim- like with this loggers are simpler, right? And they're then- actually a lot more difficult. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we we should say that Bruyard uh specializes in loggers and saisons, which is uh per- is that right? Is that a right thing to say? So actually, not to no, please. make this a really long one. But yeah. so we specialize in common style lagers. What makes that a very, very unique thing uh, amongst the brewing community is the fact that a the common lager, uh, also known as a steam beer, um, if you've ever had an anchor anchor uh-huh. steam beer, yeah. um, that was actually an invention in California. Uh, it was lager yeast that requires much lower temperatures than uh, ales normally do, uh, but there was no um, there was no mechanical refrigeration yet around that time during the 1800s. So they ended up, they were just sort of forced to brew their lager yeast more like ales at higher temperatures. The, the result of that was uh, a beer that actually had more, more flavor, very similar to an ale, but still had a lighter, crisper body like a lager. So it's kind of a, a, it was a great hybrid that's perfect for this state, actually. You yeah. know, like in terms of, um, you know, hot weather you got you actually crave a lighter bodied beer but you still want flavor out of it so you don't want that super light lager you know almost you know lack of flavor right you you know that that's why ales are so popular is because we've been we've grown up especially in la we've grown up on coronas and you know uh, bud lights and things of that sort i think now we're just saying okay we want something more of our beer but I don't think they're necessarily saying we want a heavier beer right. because I think we still appreciate the light, lightness yeah, of the beer. That's a super interesting distinction because I, I feel like even like we wait tables and like that is something people don't know how to articulate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Often. It, we yeah. go through that. We, we, we fight that all the time because a we're literally trying to invent a new category of beer. So this uh, commons are not actually common. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, they're they're not recognized as a category of beer. Um, by the official judge, uh, official uh, organizations. Yeah. The California Common Steam Beer is the only beer recognized as a unique beer. Um, but everything else is just like, well, you got to throw it in the ale or lager category. And so we've tried. We've thrown it into in many competitions, and we actually get we actually get vindicated in terms of the comments because they describe exactly what we're trying to do, even though it doesn't win anything because it doesn't fit. The category. Yeah, because yeah. you'll get one judge that says too much body uh, or, you know, like too much body or you'll get another judge that says not enough body. And then you'll yeah. get someone that says, oh, yeah, um, uh, light and crisp and, you know, but not the style. Right. <laughs> and then we get a lot of our uh, a lot of judges will actually go. This is a great beer, not the style. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I think it's I think it's really cool that you guys are doing it, because also with those beers, being un- the common lagers yeah. not being common, they're also not really embraced by the Southern California scene. It's I think we're fine. There's yeah. a buzz going on in the background, okay. but um, you know, this is just a wild interview, so we'll, who knows what will okay. happen next. Yeah. Um, but you know, Southern <laughs> California, the scene is so IPA focused. Yeah, it's just like e- like anyone who can like 
brew a good IPA, like converts their garage and they have a company and then they like make it more hoppy and then they yeah. s slowly but surely or jump right to the chase and like take out all malt balance and it's just like just these hot bombs. So when I before I met you guys or knew anything about what you did or even knew the quality of your beer, I was excited because I was like, oh, they're specializing in common lagers and saisons. And I love saisons. That's one or of Belgi my Or Belgians in general. Yeah. yeah. And um, Oh, so not specifically saisons. Not just saisons. Oh, yeah. cool. We have a saison, but we, yeah. you, we do several types of Belgians now. Well, that's just, I mean, that's not common out here. That is yeah. my jam. <laughs> that's my jam. That's how I, I gained like 20 pounds that I'll never lose yeah. from discovering <laughs> Belgian beers. That's yeah. like... That is my favorite thing. So I you love. You can kind of consider our, our our common style lagers very. Oh yeah, this is hell in your thirties. They'll, yeah. they'll get this reference. Yeah. You, you got to consider it like Fubu. Okay, this right. is yes. this is this is beer for us by us. This is a Californian invented beer, and quite honestly, maybe one of the only or few one of the few beers invented in America. Yeah. Not just, you know, uh, an iteration of a style. This is the only type of beer that might have been invented in America. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, so like, why not do a style that's perfect for your state that was invented in your state? How many other states have a beer that they right. invented? Yeah. You know, so we we felt in. I mean, you can also look at us as like the one you know, the two morons that didn't cash in on the IPA craze because <laughs> we'd probably be 10 times busier maybe but well first of all you guys, you guys got some good ipas up there so let's you know anyone who's listening if you want a good IPA, well we have an ip we have ipcs oh <laughs> never mind technically because <laughs> oh, like, they're common style lagers india oh, okay. so it's an india pale common yeah got yeah. it um but so, if we don't tell them, they think they're wonderful. And if we tell them, they go, oh, I hate loggers. Right. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. Well, you guys are, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud. Um, so, like, what is it about craft beer? Like, our generation just embraced it. You know, we just went, we went all in with the craft beer thing. Like, why? I mean, I, I, I think it's because... You know, first of all, we grew up, you know, a lot of us started drinking Star... I mean, we were the generation of, like, Starbucks, kind of. Like, right? Like, in high school, right. Starbucks. You started having, like, really flavorful um, drinks right away. Now I'm just, like, answering my own question, I guess. <laughs> I'm such a good... In I'm a very good interviewer. You know, we just want, like, a genuine experience. And I think that craft beer has kind of stepped up and filled a void. Um, because we don't have real relationships with the farmers. I mean, I mean, we're starting to now because of the farmer's markets, but we definitely don't have like a relationship with like the guy who runs a grocery store the way people used to. And, and so like crap, these breweries started popping up and suddenly like you can get this beer that's made right here and you can go meet the guy and it's right. good and it's high quality. And our, oh, our generation went crazy for it. That's I mean, we're, we're really kind of just going back to basics, you know, before, you know, before the microwave, before quick foods and, and things of that mm -hmm. sort, it's like, you know, very rustic from the farm, you know, farm to table kind of thing, farm to glass, where it really is about, you know, fresh, local and getting to know that person that actually makes that. I mean, it really is a true craftsmanship, you know, whether it's food or beer or, you know, carpentry or anything of that sort. You know, we're kind of like just going back to that, you know, and kind of really vibing with with how much effort and skill and talent that they really put into their products mm -hmm. you know and you really taste that or you really see that you really you know really feel it yeah so i mean what's really great uh about 
uh, breweries, uh, especially microbreweries, is you know it has they're they're extremely efficient, you know, and uh, very eco friendly. When you really look at waste and byproducts and things of that sort, um, uh, like we mentioned, the spent grain gets given to a farmer, and the farmer gives it to the pigs, and then he even takes the 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 manure from the pigs that from the grain and gives it to the plants. And so basically, the grains that were grown somewhere were were used three times you know that's i don't know too many other things other than like recycled goods that get re- that can get recycled that often yeah absolutely you know and then you know like our like we said about our boiling kettle like yeah. all the really hot wort uh the cold the cold water we use actually collects all of that heat dumps it right back into our our heat, uh hot liquor tank and gets reused for the next batch yeah. next next batch yeah. um and it already collected 160 degrees worth of heat, so we didn't have to. U- we use less gas, yeah. you know, less electricity for the heating elements. Like there's, you know, like our like we mentioned before, our trash can. It's there's really nothing from the brewing process that we throw in there, like because it all gets recycled somewhere. Even our grain bags, actually, yeah. we give out for free because our grain bags are so cool and plastic lined and woven that people just take them. <laughs> and so we're giving even our grain bags a second lot on life. Yeah, you know, so. that is so cool. Yeah. And you're saying like you reuse your yeast like for 10 generations or oh. something like that. Yeah. That's Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's amazing. It's, it's really, really cool. So I want to talk a little bit about being entrepreneurs and like small business owners and taking the leap and like so like (laughs) (laughs) Kirk was not holding the microphone when I said that but he he just audibly went oof (laughs) like where were you guys at I know you you guys used to rebuild cars together and you guys have been like you know partners forever you know friends going way back and whatever but like high school school, school. like us too and like so like what was the like how did it start i mean i know you guys got drunk and decided like let's do this for real but in terms of like those we're so like yeah. yeah like where they i mean it man. <laughs> like what what were you work was this like what were you working at before this like did you have a like day jobs before this that you were into or not yeah into? i mean i was a automotive mechanic for over 20 years oh wow yeah so um yeah it goes back to that one drunken night and you know it, it's just we went down to san diego you know we we saw all these small you know family-owned um tap rooms breweries i'm like wow this is this is actually happening here and um he's like this this is actually doable you know and then when eagle rock brewery opened up you know here in los angeles you know the first one since prohibition um you know, they they're about six six years in now, but once they opened, you know, that that really kind of pushed me to to go that direction in terms of you know a business plan. And we never had a the goal of being this big company and you know making all this money. We just wanted to do something that was fun, and you know something that uh, well, make a living. Make a living for <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and and really kind of share share these beers with with everyone, and um, you well, know I'm. That too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's a pragmatic side to starting. <laughs> I mean, tell you the truth, I mean, the beer, the beer is the easy part. It, yeah. it, it really is running the business and, you know, Kirk, my partner, he's, he's really good at that. And he kind of, he, he, you know, <laughs> he feels that, he feels that void because, yeah, because I'm here brewing beer and drinking beer and he's, he's running the business. So. <laughs> I mean, so it's a balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, very, very balanced, equal. Uh, so like, I don't know, as you know, 
Mira and I are sitting across from you, you know, we're trying to make our, you know, get our business, I guess, going in our, in our own way. Like, is it scary to start a business to go in there and like get a loan and like, Oh yeah. So like, like talk about that a little bit. Like that's crazy well, to actually to, to, so to pick up where Sherwin left off, uh, before the balance thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> The I think what really made us, uh, what made us see it as a as a plausible reality was actually, I'd say Eagle Rock, um, all the all the all the beginners, uh, the ones that started the craze here, or that that actually the pioneers that went through all the crap to to get open because no one knew how to how to uh, none of the cities knew how to handle them, no one really knew what to like how to deal with a bre- a brewery. Um, Jeremy from Eagle Rock just the moment we asked you know he just immediately just started answering questions for us you know showing us around and uh Henry from Monkish uh I just drop of a hat he's like come through you know and then we'd go he'd he'd tell us everything about the the ins and outs of it how to start it and you know like uh both of those guys that's why our the the space that we have is roughly their size and the system is roughly their size like we were pretty much just totally inspired by their you know basically it was like just a mom and pop beginning you know in terms of really stringing together as much money as you possibly can do putting up houses um if you like it may not seem like it but the majority of the tap room we actually built ourselves um, it, it may not seem like that because it's beautiful. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like uh, it's um, like it, it started with that inspiration. So we yeah. can't really give enough credit to the pioneers, you know, that that were around. Even Strand, I, I can't forget Strand. Like talking yeah. to him, um, we talked to his name was James Brown. He was like the owner of <laughs> San Pedro Brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it, yeah, James Brown, but not not you know. <laughs> I feel good, you know, not that James Brown. Not good, not that good. Not good. Um, Those are great breweries. Uh, Eagle yeah. Rock, Strand, and uh, Monkish are all fantastic. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if I've been to San Pedro yeah. Brewing, but um, or even the, McLeod too. They were open a little early on the earlier side, and so uh, yeah. talked into them. And you guys said so. that Eagle Rock was the first one to open out here. Since prohibition, six like years 60, ago, sixty years, yes. Yeah, oh, in, sixty. Well, no, no, they haven't opened. The uh, first brewery to open within sixty, yeah, basically prohibition. Yeah, 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 basically yeah. since prohibition. Cool. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, production brewery. Produ- you, yeah, yeah, not a brew pub, but a production yeah. brewery distribution production. What do you think it is about coming to breweries that people like so much? Why is it fun to drink where? next to the thing that made the liquid yeah we're like just in just so people kind of know we're sitting in in the like the drinking area the bar area uh tap room the tap room so you have like the bar on one side a bunch of really cool tables like a lot of unfinished wood and then there's no wall separating you from all of like the fermentation tanks and everything that's going on in the brewery so you're really like directly right in the center of the brewery everything smells like you know beer it's it's really cool (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, just say you walk into a store and, you know, you're looking at the the beer shelves and, you know, obviously the beers have, some of them have dates on them, but no one reads. Um, (laughs) But it's like, you don't know how long those beers have been on the shelf. You know, you're you're just kind of picking it up and just hoping that they're still fresh. You know, but when you you come to a a small brewery tap room, you, you know, the beer is fresh and it's made right there. You can see the equipment, you could feel the equipment, you could, you know, just touch the equipment and it's it's amazing you know and it's 
(laughs) 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 And, And being a small brewery, I mean, we do have the luxury of, you know, having different styles and changing it up and not having to conform to one brand that, you know, that is the cash cow would be nice, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, to me, it has a feeling of like, um, you know, eating your meat, like being invited into the kitchen of the chef or something, you know, it's really like you guys are here seven days a week. Like you guys are, you know, putting in the blood, sweat and tears, you know, in this space. And it's just so cool that you open the doors and, and I know this isn't specific to you guys. I know a lot of brew pubs do the, do this exact same thing, but it's just a, a cool uh, new part of um, like American culture. And you guys are like smack dab in the middle of it. And I, as someone who's been here crushing, doing a comedy show here, just everyone laughing. Everyone was so happy. <laughs> they loved insane, They man. loved me so much. I, you know, people are, <laughs> you know, people really flock to it. How many standing ovations did you get? I, I can't think remember. it was like three or four. And it was weird because I was like, you guys, he's just a normal Stop. human. I mean, what are you doing? Please. There is only so much space on this stage for all these panties. Exactly. Right? I yeah. always have to say that. <laughs> um, well, speaking of chefs in the kitchen, we would love to taste a couple beers that you would love to show us if you want to move oh, on yeah. to the tap room if that works for so you. So obviously we need to do cat's pajamas, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. cat's pajamas. You mean monkey jacket? Monkey jacket. <laughs> We're on to the mo- <laughs> Animal apparel. You, that, that's, that's our combination of things now. Um, maybe just real quick. Do you guys want to... Like promote anything or oh, um, yeah. actually, uh, so we're gonna have our our, our second annual Stein Festival on uh, September twenty third. Um, it's an outdoor drinking event. Uh, we're gonna pull an ABC permit for the outside. Um, we're going to we're gonna be cracking open uh, one of our barrels. Uh, it's a you call it bubbly crude. So it's a, actually a black a black common lager, uh, barrel aged in bourbon Woodford Reserve bourbon barrels. And then we're also going to be uh, doing a, like an Oktoberfest beer. That's wonderful. Um, uh, so what makes our Stein Festival more, way more fun than any other place you're going to go is basically you bring your own Stein as long as it's under 12 inches and a liter. Then we'll pour it for eight bucks. Cool. So be here. Yeah, and if we're going to be here. <laughs> if you bring a two liter boot that can fit under there, we'll just charge you double, but we will fill it. Ah. Uh. Steinfest, baby. Bring your leader hose in. Yeah. <laughs> leader hose in. Also, check out Hip Hop Karaoke Night here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What night is that, by the way? Um, first Saturday of every month. Okay. We'll be yeah. there, too. It's actually our busiest day of the month. You, Once again, Hip Hop Karaoke Brewery. Really? But... <laughs> It's the craziest. Hella in your thirties, man. You're hitting man, all your yo, points. It is hecka points. good. All right. It is <laughs> just hit good. the east side of the LBC <laughs> on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. So here's another thing why I love why I think our generation has really uh, embraced craft beer is because like 
the names are cool and there's like <laughs> artwork for each one, you know, and it's like it's like your favorite band has a cool like, you know, CD cover or whatever, right, you know, right, I feel yeah, like, yeah. you know, craft beer is really <laughs> well, like, yeah, I agree. So this one's called Bob. <laughs> this one we call cold beer. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so what's Drink. our what's our first one up? Um, this first one is our Sunday morning Joe, which is our blonde common lager with uh, Jurgen Chef coffee from a local roaster. I um. I'm I just went straight in and started drinking it. <laughs> I didn't smell it at all. It's that okay. long silence was it's Muriel okay. chugging the entire uh, <laughs> glass. I love here you talk while I drink. All right. So I can totally taste the coffee. It's right. really, really good. I mean, usually uh, coffee beers are associated with stouts or porters. Yeah. So we kind of went the, the opposite in terms of, you know, having a lighter-based beer with coffee. And really it kind of accentuates and... Uh, the, the coffee flavors without being muddled by the, the burnt roasted uh, malt characters of the beer itself. I recently had a um, a coffee Kolsch and I was oh, okay. like, yeah. I was like, That's oh, kind of the same idea. It's the same idea. It's yeah. like such a good exactly. underutilized style that I, this yeah. is fantastic. It's great balance of a beer and coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such a surprising thing too because it looks like a blonde. It's right, like, right, right. It's this really pretty yellow color and the, the taste is so... Like intense, it's really rich. Right. Do you add it in during fermentation or in the hot, pro like cold during the the cold, cold side, side? Yeah. So after fermentation, then we'll add it, you know, to kind of retain all those uh, delicate aromas. So for something like that, did you like try and fail oh, yeah. before it got good? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the ratio, like how much coffee to how much beer. I mean, yeah. we were just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> just so in that regard, like, do you have to guess? making a big batch right like you have to, or you don't you can do it in like small small batches. yeah we have like a small right? uh, pilot system that i actually used in my garage which is a 10 gallon setup mm -hmm. and that's kind of our, our um, testing grounds for for different beers using different ingredients and um, we actually offer those test batches pilot batches to our uh, stein members that we have here and oh that's cool yeah 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 and um they kind of critique it and let us know and if it's received well then we decide to brew it on the bigger scale what is this so what is the stein member program what is like is it like something you sign up for and you get like beers delivered or do you like come here and yeah so stein? if you look at our uh, tap room uh bar wall there we have a hundred steins um and each individual stein is is someone's custom uh mug technically oh, cool. yeah oh, so cool. it's it's a 25 ounce pour and it's a uh, yeah so it's an annual fee and uh, we capped it at 100, so there actually is maybe a, a two-month waiting list. Wow. For, for Woo, hot. That's, <laughs> that's L.A. right there for you. <laughs> yeah, you got to get, get in line for this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great deal. I mean, you get that 25-ounce pour for $6 for any of our house beers. And like I said, you know, we offer the members um, these special batches that we do. And there's all these other benefits in terms of, um, you know, discounts on merchandise and yeah. Um, you know, we, we throw a Stein member party for, for everybody at the end of the year, we offer food, drinks, music, and we just have a good time with, yeah. you know, and we've actually, you know, we've, we've grown to, to being all friends, you know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. very cheers. You said it's very cheers. That's what Kirk just said. Norm. <laughs> Which uh, no, I was going to say, what are you, who's Diane? What are you? <laughs> what's, uh, what's Danny DeVito's wife, the one I'm in love with? Carla. Carla. Oh, God. Can I be your Carla, please? <laughs> yes. All right. So what's, what's the next one? 
Oh, the next one is uh, Jewel City Common. So that's that is the our spirit animal beer. It's the original California Common style. Cool. Um, it is also um, it's the very first beer that we've actually gotten medals on. Um, we submitted it. I know. Clap. I know. Clap, clap, clap. I know. Clap, clap, clap. We uh, we never thought we'd win stuff, you know, especially with all the competition and everything. Sure. Uh, this we won it. Uh, so we got silver in the amber lager category at the San Diego International, and we actually got first or gold in the uh, California State Commercial Beer Competition in the amber lager category. Cool, congratulations! Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's a really like for a, a lager, it's like this caramely color. Yeah, I mean that pretty much epitomizes the 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 charm of the, of the common is, you know, like you get very good flavor out of it. Very nice, roasty, caramely, you know, yeah. light, you know, light toasted flavor to it. But when you fit, when it finishes, it kind of finishes light and clean. Yeah, you know, it just, totally does. Yeah. Just like any lager would. Yeah, it, do, it definitely does. So. It, it's almost like you don't think that looking at the color. You yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it a pretty, like it's that. a pretty amberish beer, you know, and pretty dark. Um, so what I love, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, really trying not to show my cynical side on this podcast <laughs> and i don't mean this episode i mean it across the whole board but i'm so okay i won't get into viewers give me the eye like don't don't launch into it do it i do just it. i'm just like we're here i'm sick of ipas i just am <laughs> i just am it's so nice to, to have beers that have malt balance that are nuanced that are you guys who's ever listened to this my friends from booyard aren't talking shit about anybody Nick Castellini, I'm talking <laughs> shit about We love IPAs, uh, concepts. actually. You know? Actually, like, the we, dumb we thing drink is them all the time. I do love IPAs, kind <laughs> of. I do love IPAs, kind of, but I just, Miro's like, stop recording. Okay, we're done. Okay, moving but there's, on. Next there's, too many, there's too many breweries brewing delicious IPAs. That's kind of why we felt, why, you know, yeah. why do it? I mean, we there's so many that we we, we just enjoy ourselves. We yeah. want to brew something for other people to enjoy that are, that are different, you, yeah. Know? Yeah. you know, kind of expand the universe of craft beer. You know, while we sit back and enjoy, you know, El Segundo's, <laughs> you know, I'm wonderful gonna, IPAs. Or, I'm going to rewind <laughs> the segment and learn how to uh, sound positive. Uh, <laughs> all right. So th this I is just the took the mic, but. <laughs> so that was the. Ju I, was just yeah. like, I just took it. I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> so that was uh, that was the Jewel City is the, the Jewel name. City comment. Yeah. Yeah. Jewel City comment. Delicious. Obviously, uh, Jewel City, Jewel City named after the the city that we are in. Glendale. Uh, it's also known as Jewel City. Oh, really? Um, that's another thing, actually, we haven't mentioned so far, is that uh, we are actually the first full production brewery in Glendale's history. And so we've been very hoorah Glendale because actually Glendale has been wonderfully hoorah with us since we're their very first brewery. And so, you that's know, so cool. Yeah. And, you know, we actually see it like the people that come around, like whether it's Burbank or Glendale, you know, they they show a lot of support. Yeah. So we got to thank them, uh, yeah. like definitely. Well, cool. that's great. Awesome. With a beer, with an yeah. award-winning beer, we are thanking <laughs> them. Uh, all right, what's next? Let's say number three. This one is, I think, our monkey jacket, right? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna know about that. Believe me. <laughs> so this one's our, yeah. So the next one is our cat's pajamas, which are Belgian double. Which is just like that's the first thing I had here, and, and the then I had three of them. <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. <laughs> <Moving on>. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why cats pajamas? Why'd you guys name it that? 
It's, you know, it's a cat's meow. It's, you know, the bee's knees. It- <laughs> I'm curious, do you know that phrase? You don't know that phrase. No, I know what oh, it okay. is. I know what it is. It's when it's when an old lady has 10 cats and she has nothing else in her life, so she puts all the cats on her to sleep. And and so it's everything to you. It, it no bits, no bits. Did, nailed it. <laughs> did you know that what the cat's pajamas mean? Yeah, no, it meant, it meant like being the best, okay. like number one. No, I got it. So I, the ish. Right. No. The ish. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's Miro's favorite. Or for all you 30s, 40s, 50 people, it's hella tight. It's hella tight. It's the bomb. It's the bomb. It's uh, it's wicked awesome. If you're from Boston, and if you're from Seattle, it's filthy. It's yeah. filthy. Yeah, it's filthy for sure. <laughs> all right. So what's the next one? We gotta tell us about this one. So this one is this is yeah our take on French toast. Nice. So it's uh well it actually is called everything nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maple syrup and sugar and spice. Cool. Yeah. And again, you're getting those flavor qualities by adding that in cold side after fermentation, like you add in syrup. It's actually um hot and cold oh, in cool. terms of maple. Yeah, the yeah. maple character. It uh, it smells like French toast off, <laughs> off the bat. It's yes. Just... Other people have said cinnabon. Uh I I I think French toast. Um Yeah, I get I get cinnamon. What's the what's the alcohol percentage on that? That's uh, 6.6. Nice. No, this is this is French toast. Yeah. 6.6. 6. Yeah, okay. it reminds me of like do you guys remember they don't do it anymore but I think Burger King used to have French toast sticks. No. That's oh, yeah, exactly. I remember that. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, that yeah. used to be my jam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like little fingers. Yeah. People say Captain Crunch also. I mean, it has a nice kind of cinnamon kind of character to it we put together a breakfast flight i see for that. everyone uh it actually uses our sunday joe as our coffee it uses our belgian single with calamansi as our juice um french toast uh our everything nice is a french toast and we also have a uh, lightly smoked irish red that a lot of people say tastes like bacon oh. so we have basically our breakfast of champions so if you are in the glendale area and you're looking to just mix up your brunch options <laughs> Come on down to Brewyard for a little juice, coffee, bacon, and French toast. Drink your breakfast, y'all. <laughs> so what, this is this is delicious. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I got you covered. And cut. Uh, <laughs> I've um, what I like about this beer is that a lot of times when you start getting these, this flavor profile, it just gets so boozy, mm. and that's not. That's actually genuinely, generally not a bad thing, but it is nice <laughs> to have something. You said six and a half. Right. Like, that's great. Like, yeah. to have that much, um, for it to be that rich, that full-bodied, that, um, and nuance without just finishing, like, residual sir- uh, syrup, like, sugary at the end. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, some of these, like, high ABV things, especially when you start to get to these, um, these flavors, just finish like you your mouth is just filled with syrup afterwards. It just yeah. lasts forever. And that's actually like a big red flag for me personally in my palate. I turns out being too sweet or it's just, just way too, too sweet. Yeah. Like I remember when like all the um, bourbon barrel, like stouts really first hit the scene. It was just like, everything was just, it would give me a headache only because it would finish so syrupy. And now they've kind of like weeded that out, I think. And this is really cool because you have all those big flavors, but it's, it's only six and a half percent, which is makes it totally drinkable. Like you could drink five of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. So, what is the style again? Is it is it a common lager? It's, it's no, not. no. This so is this is a Belgian. It's oh, a this be- is a Belgian. It's a Belgian ale. Yes. Yeah. All right, we got one more here. Okay, this uh, 
brand new, Ooh. just released last week. This one, this one is called Hef You. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the origin of that name. We'd love to know. Let us know. Well, it comes from... Uh, <laughs> The Greek meaning. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Academic. I know. There's a Latin thing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So Hefeweizens are. It's a little hoppier too. It's a hoppy oh, hef. Oh, cool. Fun. So that's like. So it is it. Can I venture to say it's hefu because it's a take on a Hefeweizen? Like it's a little <laughs> different than a regular one. A little, and plus we just wanted people to shout at everyone that's working half you. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get that. Half you, too. <laughs> that's like your next beer could be called, like, uh, Gary Needs to Work Faster. Yeah. Or, something. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, Tanya, where's my bill? Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we actually kind of play that joke on our customers a lot with the, you know, the names. Uh-huh. Like, we have, like, our, our double IPL. Um, we call it Perky. But it's it's spelled out completely, so it's Perky Dipple. Yeah, um, right, Perky Dipple. And right. people get squeamish saying it. They're, I'll take the Perky, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what and, I and do? And then the <laughs> drunker they get, they're like, give me the nipple. And you're like, dude, there's there's nuance. There's subtlety to our joke here. Whenever people do that, I, I'll, I'll just say, um, I'll take the brown lager. <laughs> like, I, don't, I will never say that. Like our wit beer, uh, we actually call it Love Affair, but the whole name is Love Affair Wit Beer. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so, cute. I love it. <laughs> so this is really delicious, and it is hoppy. It's but like, actually, yeah. our to just to finish, <laughs> we come. We actually toned down love affair because it was initially called sex with beer. <laughs> <laughs> Not family. But that'll be life. the double version of the wit beer because oh, it's right. beyond love is sex. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. you have sex with it. beer. Will you please do a double version? That's, okay. That happens in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a part of this nine club. <laughs> Get on that waiting list. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys about that benefit. But. Uh, well, I've, uh, a hoppy hef is, is great. I feel like that's got to be, come on now. If you're in Southern California, you got to come through and get the, the hoppy hef, the hef you, because that, I mean, that's just like, screaming southern california la lifestyle beer i love it. it's 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 golden it's bright it's refreshing it'll be be good with food but also hits you with that because we're in southern california you gotta have some hoppiness f you baby yeah because uh, you know obviously traditional hefeweizens are not usually hopped up or or dry hop but this one uh we actually you know decided to throw in some new zealand hops some uh pacifica matueka and it really kind of played nice with the um the yeast flavors of the of the hefeweizen of you know banana and clove and then you get the nice kind of tropical fruity notes from from the new zealand hops and it just plays really well and it's not overly hopped as either so it's very very balanced and very drinkable especially you know on a hot day like today so yeah yeah yeah. Half you every day. <laughs> 90s karaoke. <laughs> every first Saturday of the month. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. This was a blast. We just had a really good time. Uh, Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to finish this monkey check. Hey, man, you got anything to say for our listeners before we get out of here? You want to say something, Marley? He shook oh, his head no. Marley's pretty cool, though. He came out here and showed us about the breakfast flight. He's he's been hanging the whole time. He's cool. Hey, uh, how about this? Hey, Marley, what's your favorite game to play from the games table? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's all business, man. He was he was in the office. He was he was working on a spreadsheet when he got here. He's like <laughs> Xbox. What am I? Thirty or forty? I don't play board games. All right, we love it here at Brew Yard. Thank you so much, guys. Brew.
yar, brew, yar. <laughs> Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Thank you so Let's. much, Sherwin and Kirk. Those guys were awesome. We had a great time. And thank you, our beautiful listeners, for doing what you do best. Listening, listening and subscribing and reviewing and following us on social media, liking things, retweeting things. If you want to like see some, our, our Instagram is so funny, you guys. Plus, if you write something, we'll probably write back. So oh, dang. Like we're all just a big family. Uh, after this episode, if you want to stay tuned, um, meaning starting right now, yeah, starting right now, exactly after we're done talking, uh, there's a, a really fun little bonus content. We did actually a tour, of the brew yard and kind of talked, uh, to Sherwin and Kirk about the brewing process and they kind of shared a bunch of really interesting information. So this is kind of a little super cut at the end of the episode in case you were ever curious about how a brewery works and what is so awesome about a brewery. A little bonus material for you because we love you and that's what we do here at Hella in Your 30s. Uh, love. Just love. Quick tour of the brewing process, which is, it's very fascinating and, you know, not that crazy at the same time. Uh, <laughs> it starts with, it starts with grain, malted grain, and uh, if you ever had like malt meal or extract, that's essentially what we're trying to get out of the grain. It starts at the mill, so we throw the malt in there. The mill actually cracks the grain open to expose the malt. And you're actually not trying to pulverize it into powder because the grain, the grain husk itself, actually lends itself to another part of the process, like just shortly thereafter. After it steeps and extracts most of the sugar, it's now called wort. And uh, what the, the next cycle is you're actually recirculating the wort. So you're actually extracting it from the bottom and Draining dumping it, it right back on top. Okay. And that, that, all that grain ends up being a filter bed. And so since the grains are not totally crushed, they uh -huh. actually collect all the random particles and bits. And if you do that for about 30 minutes, you see, you, you see a, a drastic change. It goes from this really cloudy, whatever color wort, uh, color beer you're trying to do, all of a sudden, you can see your hands right at the end. Wow. Like it just clears up. It, it's its own natural filter bed. So, oh, that's so interesting. And once again, that's like old school methodology. Like more money, you can get just a filter, you know, or a centrifuge or something. Uh -huh. But, yeah. you know, but this, uh, you know, it, it does the trick. Yeah. Filtration, technically. Yeah. 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 Like that's it's why it's so important, do. yeah, in, in, the, in the mill that we, we crush it enough to expose the, the husks but not to pulverize the husk where we would lose this natural filtering. Yeah, because yeah. then it's just yeah. powder and it'll just seep through oh, itself. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, and then. So yeah, so once we do that, once it's pretty clear, we recirculated it, we uh, run it through the pump and through Watch all this piping. Step. Watch your step. Um, then this is our boil kettle. So this is where the, the magic happens. <laughs> um, this is a, uh, it's direct fire, so it's um, natural gas. How long does it boil, do you boil it for? Um, depending on the recipe, we, we do usually uh, one hour to an hour and a half boils. Yeah. 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 So at, at that time, that's when we add the hops um, and any other ingredients we decide yeah. to do. And then obviously the boiling stage is like our sanitizing stage where it kills off, boils off bacteria and you know, things As of that well. sort. Yeah. You know, after the boil, then we go um, into the whirlpool uh, step, um, where where the, the wort, even though it was filtered through the husk, it still There's has still proteins. Crap. Yeah, it still and has hops. and hops too. And, and for all you kettle. listeners, if you want to see a, a 
just a, an apples to apples like uh, example to that. If you ever have loose leaf tea, just start swirling your mug right. around and then set it down, and you'll notice all of it will just sort of start to clump in the middle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, and I think. I'm pretty sure the original brewer that invented this was probably just doing that. He goes, yeah. what the? <laughs> yeah, this right. is it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the solution. And uh, once, once we're done with that, we throw the yeast in there. And then the kind of yeast uh, does its thing. There's so many different varieties and strains of yeast, uh-huh. you know, depending on types of styles or flavors of beers that you're trying to um, ferment. Um, we use two yeasts here. We use a lager yeast, and we also use a Belgian Saison yeast here. Um, so what the yeast does, it takes that sugar that we extracted from the grains, and it, it, it takes it, eats it, it farts CO2, and, <laughs> and it craps out alcohol. Right, exactly, and, and it creates, so it creates alcohol and, and flavor from When the yeast is finished, we actually collect the yeast and we can repitch it into a new beer. And so that's really important uh, cost-wise because yeast is really expensive, so the more that you can reuse it, the better. There's, like a, there's also like a finite amount you can use it before it just starts to evolve and mutate too much where it just starts crapping out different things yeah. because it's a totally different yeast. Oh, that's fascinating. But, uh, yeah. you know, for us, we kind of, we try to, try to do and then keep it at around 10 generations. Does it, does it, do you ever find that it has like a quality that you want to retain, like when it mutates or is, are there certain ones that you like, maybe the yeast from one style of beer, like reused for another style of beer or is it not that There different? was a yeast, there was one time where we just noticed our yeast was learning and it was like finishing up faster huh. than the, you know, the past generations. And that was nice because, you know, the faster it'll finish up eating, the faster the beer is finished up. So. Yeah, that's also super trippy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a learning. I know. Perhaps too fast. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to, like, discover that in an empty, like, brewery alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, brewing itself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the toughest things in a brewery. Sitting in a chair, smoking cigar, turns around. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, just keeping beers consistent is very, very difficult. Because yeah. yeast, you know, they're live organisms, live cells, yeah. and sometimes it's really hard to, you know, dictate what they're going to do. You know, yeah. we can only control it so much. Right. Yeah, grains, yeah. that's organic. Like, it, even if it's grown in the same field, you know, same time, it could be something could change it. Slight change in weather, slight change in water, you know. Yeah. I and feel, then, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, continue. Oh, yeah. And then our water, too. Like, uh, water really s- sort of dictates what styles of beer were around the, the world, you know. And for us, we get our, our water sources from maybe two or three different places and it changes throughout the season, yeah. throughout the year. Wow. Yeah. And you know, one day we'll realize that our pH is way lower and, way, and the water's way softer and we just see it, you know, like the moment we start recirking or the moment that we try to take, you know, our, our, our normal water uh, readings. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden we'll just see a ton of lime and chalk just built up like on all of our heating elements and we're like, okay, this is much harder water. That's so. So, do you find is there a connection? Do you think between like seasons or like droughts or something like? Oh yeah, see, yeah. yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, when it was yeah. raining really hard, yeah. the pH dropped and the soft and it got really soft. Huh. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Because yeah, depending on the seasons and and the weather, you know, they'll draw from different reservoirs and whatnot in terms of the the tap water. Yeah. That's uh, so interesting because I know, you know, wine, which we know a little bit about. Uh, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. but but it really is like that. It definitely has a reputation for being so much a product of its environment. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. the type of soil and all that stuff. It's but I've never really thought of beer also being very uh, 
impacted by the rainy season or oh, yeah. you know the right. you know that's that's or at cool. least local breweries with yeah. less sophistication yeah. i mean that's actually so one of those things uh in terms of as a brewer you know there's a the as much criticism or you know just sort of uh critique we may have on the bigger guys say like abm but uh, anheuser-busch or something uh-huh. right one thing that is remarkable about them is what, and, and it's what we all strive to do, but probably never in hell we'd be able to do it, is that no matter what state, country you're in, Budweiser tastes the exact same, mm-hmm. which means that they have found a way to reduce every single variable down to, you know, just down to something solid. So they, they just build their water, you know, they, they bring it down to H2O and build it exactly what they want. Their yeah. grains are probably sourced exactly what they want. They, you know, like everything is controlled, which is amazing. You know, like I bet right. you if you took our recipes and we gave it to some guy in like Japan or India or, or Europe, yeah. you know, or, or Germany or something, and they brewed it exactly the way we told them to brew it, it probably tastes different, you know, just cuts. Yeah. Well, I've <laughs> definitely noticed it with some of my favorite beers over the years they've changed and a lot yeah. of times it's like when they start growing mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's like yeah. oh man though these guys are distributing out of, you know past the midwest now yeah. and you, know, you right. taste yeah. it like whoa this is not the same beer yeah yeah because like yeah especially if they're doing bigger batches their yeah. tanks are different and even the shape of your tanks can kind of change the way your yeast just sort of plays in it you know yeah. and so yeah once you scale up you know the you're just introducing you know, a thousand more factors that may change the consistency of your beer. This is the greatest thing about breweries, especially smaller breweries, I would say, is just the level of um, eco-friendliness of this whole process. Uh, So 220 degrees, it goes through the heat exchanger. We're crashing water and then we're putting the cold water, you know, the cold water is collecting it. So the cold water that collects all that heat actually gets goes right back into our hot liquor tank to get reused. Oh, cool. So basically the same, and then that water is at 160 degrees. And so we're already close to the temperature we need to do a new batch. And so it reclaims the heat from the, you know, from the, from, from the kettle. And then on top of that, all the grains that we use, the spent grains, we actually give to a farmer who gives it to his, uh, mostly pigs, I think, yeah. and pigs and goats. And then they create more babies and we eat them and yeah. it's just a circle of life. Oh, on top of that, he <laughs> says that he actually uses the manure from the pigs to like to cultivate his crops or to, you know, fertilize his crops. So our All grains Lion get King, baby. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and so like our yeah. so our grains get reused three times. Yeah. First it's us, then the pigs, and then the plants. So that's like good. that's pretty that's good. Amazing. That's so yeah, good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that's efficient with yeah. your from like a, an old school necessity. Oh yeah, right? I, I would like, assume so. Yeah, you know, right. like so why not? You had to do it. To that's do probably it. why beer was always around. Yeah. It's like, well, we could use this stuff anyway. Yeah. It's right. probably the most efficient process of using stuff, and you have beer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you have and beer. You have beer. What's, What's a creative podcast network?